Good morning. I am so happy to be in beautiful BC. This is a gorgeous place. I just love it. I'm staying with a very good friend of mine, but this morning something odd happened. She gave me some shampoo to use and it said normal person. That's honestly what it said. And, and I hesitated to use it because I'm really not normal. I have a major mood disorder. I'm slightly bipolar. I'm like, I'm not normal. But I used it anyway, hoping it would transform me. But it's a, it's a lot better than what I did a few years back at somebody's house. They told me, they just said, you know, welcome, use anything you want in the bathroom. And I did, and I shampooed my hair. And I thought it felt funny. It felt kind of tingly. I wasn't sure why. So I took the bottle and looked at it, and it said, herbal essence for dogs. So... At least I won't have ticks or fleas for 30 days, but be careful if you meet me, I may want to lick you. Strange, strange. Anyway, I know you just finished an excellent series on parenting, and I hope it was very helpful for a lot of you. I want to talk about the way God parents us. In Isaiah 66, 13, it says, As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. God mothers us and comforts us. I know with my children, when I want to comfort my kids, I often use food. I I like to cook for them. I like to make them special treats. And, you know, if they're feeling bad or going through a rough time, I like to cook for them. Do you know there are examples in the Bible where God cooked for people? Yeah, he did. He did. There's a story of Elijah in 1 Kings 19. Now, Elijah, he had just seen this fabulous miracle. Um, He was with the prophets of Baal, and they were praying for God, their God to send fire, and nothing was happening. And then Elijah said, douse this altar with water and prayed for fire, and it it came. And they had a tremendous victory that day, and and, uh, they killed the prophets of Baal, and they just had a great victory. But then he heard the wicked queen Jezebel wanted to kill him. Well, after what he'd seen, could he not trust God? But no, he ran away, he went out into the desert, and he laid under a tree and said, just take my life, God. Just kill me now. I'm no good. It's over. And you know, it's interesting how God reacted to that. There was an angel of the Lord that appeared while he was sleeping. And in the Old Testament, sometimes it's called a theophany, some of these pre-incarnate scenes of God. Uh, before Jesus ever came. And um, this one, and they're often called the Lord or the angel of the Lord. So this angel of the Lord cooked bread over open coals and a jug of water and then woke him up and said, eat, drink. You know, uh, a parent might, your tendency might be, you know, what's the matter with you? Did you not see what I did? What's your problem? But no, God just cooked for him. So he ate his bread, drank his water, and went back to sleep. Then the angel of the Lord, or the Lord, woke him again, cooked him some more bread and water. And then strengthened by this, he went on, and he went to Mount Horeb. And while he was there, and God still hadn't confronted him with what he was doing, but while he was there, he heard a voice of the Lord say, What are you doing here? And he said, well, 
The, the Israelites wouldn't accept your covenant. They broke down all the altars. They're killing all the prophets, and I'm the only one left. And God said, step outside. I'm going to show you my glory, and I'm going to pass by. Well, there, there was a tremendous uh, wind that was like blowing rocks apart, tremendous, but God wasn't in that. And then there was uh, an earthquake. God wasn't in that. Then there was a powerful storm, and, and God wasn't in that. But I think from that he saw, wow, God, you are powerful. But then it's with a still, gentle voice he said, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah said again, I, I, you know, they won't accept your covenant. They, they killed all the prophets, and, and I'm the only one left. And instead of lecturing him, God said, I have a job for you to do. I want you to go and anoint a king over Israel and a king over Aram. And I want you to anoint a man named Elisha who's going to come alongside you and you're going to mentor him and train him and he will one day take over for you. So what's interesting is, after he was so depressed and despondent, God still trusted him with important jobs. And when you're feeling down and you feel like things are just beyond you, God will comfort you. And he'll still trust you enough to give you a job then in the New Testament, in John 21, here's one of my favorite scripture verses. Um, Come and have breakfast. You see, I love food. Come and have breakfast. Jesus said that. It was after his resurrection, and Peter, James, and John were in the boat, and they were having terrible luck at fishing. And so Jesus called out, try the other side. Well, they put their nets on the other side, and immediately they were so full they could hardly drag them in. And Peter recognized, he said, it's the Lord. And he ran to shore. Now, I think maybe Peter was a little bipolar, to tell you the truth. Because he was like, at the Last Supper, he was saying, when Jesus said somebody would betray him, he said, not me, not me, I am there for you. I am so there for you. The next day, I never saw him before in my life. No idea who he is. Just three times totally betrayed him. And yet, Jesus is cooking him breakfast and calling him to shore. So after they ate the fish and ate the bread, then Jesus called him aside. Not for a, you see, I told you someone betrayed me, and you didn't, you thought you wouldn't, and look what you did. No, no. He said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, you know I do. Well, then feed my sheep. And again, Peter, do you love me? Oh, Lord, you know I love you. Well, then feed my lambs. Three times he asked him that and gave him a job to do. You see, God, when he comforts us, he feeds our spirit. He doesn't lecture us. He feeds our spirit and shows us that we are still something valuable to him and can still be used by him. And, you know, in, in the New Testament now, how does he feed us? Well, you know, one of the ways he feeds us is coming to the table. We call it the table of the Lord or communion, where we participate in his blood and, and body symbolically. And 
when we don't understand what's going on, he, he says to us, this is my body, broken just for you. For all you've been and all you've been through, this is my blood. And when you reach the end, I offer you again the body and blood. You see, it's not so much that he's giving us answers. It reminds me of a time when my firstborn, Joey, he was about 19 months old and he was in the hospital for asthma and they had to put in um, IV. Well, they tried one little chubby hand over and over, couldn't get it in. Then they tried the other little chubby hand over and over, couldn't get it in. Then they tried one chubby foot, couldn't get it in. Then they tried the other foot, they finally got it in. And I, I tried to look at them from his point of view. I was there watching while they held him down and stuck sharp things into him. He must have thought, but my mother's there. Why isn't she stopping them? Why isn't she stopping them? We well, see, I could have explained to him why, but he's 19 months old. He wouldn't be able to understand. And so I just tried looking at him with love. I wanted him to see the love in my eyes and somehow trust me. But he didn't even know what was going on. Just trust me, baby. And I think Jesus does that with us. When we're saying, why is this happening? And can't you make it go away? And what are you doing? He says, you know, what are you going to do for me? And he says, this is my body. Broken just for you. For all you've been and all you've been through. This is my blood. And when you reach the end. I offer you again the body and blood. You see, when he can't explain to you because we wouldn't understand, he speaks infinite, we speak finite. We wouldn't be able to understand. But he looks at us from the cross and says, See? See how much I love you? This is how much I love you. Trust me, let that be enough. And, and sometimes he speaks to us through his spirit, sometimes through music, sometimes through people. I was one time brokenhearted over one of my children who was living a terrible life. I was brokenhearted. And I was at a camp meeting, and I went up to the front to pray, but all I could do was weep. Well, this retired pastor came over to me. He didn't pray. He didn't ask me what was wrong at first. He just put his arms around me and cried with me. That was the comfort of the Holy Spirit through a person. Sometimes a verse of scripture comforts us that he brings alive to us. One time, one of my children was in a she was a drug addict, and she was in a situation where 
she had called me and said someone was chasing her with a hammer and trying to kill her, and she was locked in a bathroom. And then she hung up. I didn't know where she was. I didn't know how to rescue her. I knew who was chasing her. He was very well capable of doing just that. And I started to panic. In a verse of scripture, God fed me with a scripture that said, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. And when he fed that verse into me, peace came all over me. And I was able to go to bed and sleep. Supernatural peace. Another time when I was concerned for my daughter and I wanted her to come home. I wanted her to come home. And I heard a song. And this guy was singing, There is always a place at the table. There's a feast that is waiting all your own. Your place is set each time the family gathers. It will never be the same till you are home. Oh, how I longed for her to come home. And I think the Lord when he sets a table for us, always sets a place for you, asking you to come home. Let him feed you. Let him nourish you at the table. Some of you say, well, I've, I've been at the table, but I've kind of pushed back a little. I'm not sure I sense the Lord anymore. Pull up to the table. Pull up closer. Say, oh God, feed me. Feed me, Lord, I'm hungry. And draw close to him. And when you do that, he will draw close to you. There's something so powerful about sensing the presence of God. Sometimes you pray and you can't sense it at all. But other times, let him feed you through scripture, through music, through other people. When we come to the table of the Lord, remember, he was broken for you. He says, eat of me, eat my body and drink my blood. And we do that symbolically because he's saying, remember, you don't have answers. It's, it's me, look. Look into my eyes of love and somehow trust me. The great answer. This is my body, broken just for you. For all you've been and all you've been through. This is my blood. And when you reach the end, I offer you again the body and blood. And some of you this morning, need comfort from the Lord, don't you? Some of you are hurting. Some of you maybe, maybe experienced depression as I did for many years. Some of you have been disappointed. Some of you are longing for comfort. Pull up to the table. Pull up. Lord, feed me. 
Lord, help me. Feed me with your presence. Feed me with your love. And you know, some of you are, are feeling that and thinking, yeah, okay, I, I, I want to draw up to the table. I'm not quite sure how to do it. And, and you might want to talk to someone about that. There's a number on the screen that you can call to speak with one of the pastors or somebody will be, be there, text that number and say, can you help me? Can you show me how to seek comfort from God at the table? Do that. Don't let another day go by where you're feeling there is no comfort. I have nothing to go on. You do, you serve a mighty, powerful God. He won't always tell you what's going on, but if you love him, if you see the love in his eyes, you can learn to trust him. So pull up to the table. Seek your Lord, and God bless you.